You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of John in chapter 1. I'll be reading verses 1 through 5 and verse 14. John's Gospel begins with these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and that life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer, and we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So there is a meme that travels around Facebook, and it's usually shared by people around my age of the millennial generation, and the meme says, I am tired of living through major historical events. And like, life for the millennial generation has kind of felt like that. We were born just after Desert Storm, or just before Desert Storm. And as I was thinking more and more about history this week, I kind of feel like any generation could post that same meme. Because there are generations that remember exactly where they were when they found out that JFK had died. And like, we've never, as millennials, we've never lived through that. So I cannot even fathom how uncertain and how stressful those days must have felt. There are generations that lived through the Vietnam conflict. Generations that lived through the moon landing and the fall of the Berlin Wall. There are those that endured the gas shortages of the 70s and the farm crisis of the 80s. And the millennial collective memory kind of starts... On 9-11, we all remember where we were on that day. I, for one, will never forget John Hansen, our wrestling coach, and I had just talked about a book by Tom Clancy where that kind of something similar to 9-11 happens, and I walked into his classroom in the science lab on 9-11, and he has the television on, which for John Hansen was weird, and I asked him in my naivety, are you watching a TV movie version of this Tom Clancy book? And he very gently reminded me to just hush um, and watch because what I was watching is something I would never forget. And now we've lived through two years of global pandemic and we are currently living through a war in Ukraine and untold geopolitical uncertainty, and it just feels like we do not know what is going to happen next. Can I just safely assume that we're all tired of living through major historical events? And while that may be true, it seems to be that this just might be the inevitability of the passage of time. 
but the events that have transpired, the things that we have lived, the things that we have lived through, do leave room for us to wonder. And maybe they leave room for us to just hope that we have room to breathe. And the good question that comes from all of this is, where is God? Where is God when dot, dot, dot? And I wish that I had the magic silver bullet answer for you this morning. I wish that you would leave here this morning with a once-for-all, one-size-fits-all, forever answer to the question, where is God? Unfortunately, it's not that easy, is it? At some point, we have to take the leap to faith because we do believe in a God that is everywhere. We believe in a Jesus who is Emmanuel, who is God with us. So in those hard times, we lean on our faith in God. And this is a good and a right and a correct thing for us to believe. Because God is with us always. And God's presence is made known through Jesus. The problem is, is that sometimes that is just so hard to hold on to. Because it's, maybe it's not major political historical events, maybe it's things that happen to us personally. We are tempted to ask, where is God when life hits a little bit too close to home? Where is God when someone that we love dies well before their time? Where is God when we find ourselves facing some battle that we never thought we would be facing? Where is God when we have been humiliated and made to feel so small? And there are a thousand other things, there are a thousand other examples that discuss this same reality, the reality, reality that sometimes when life is at its toughest, we feel all alone. We feel like there is no resource coming. And we feel like there is no respite to be found. What I find so interesting, and part of the reason why this is such a good question for us, is that eventually, throughout the rest of our season of Lent, we're going to hear Jesus himself ask the same question. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he is praying in the garden. And in the midst of that prayer, he is pleading with God. He is begging God. He's pouring it out and saying, God, if there is any other way to accomplish what you want to accomplish, then gosh, just do it that way instead. But your will be done. Then later on the cross, we hear that, God, that Jesus feels the weight of everything that has been placed upon him. Jesus feels the pain of the nails. Jesus feels the weight of the mockery of the soldiers around them. Jesus feels all of it. And in a loud voice, which is a feat in itself, by the way, in a loud voice, he cries out, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani. My God, my God, where, why have you forsaken me? Where is God? 
And not only is the question universal, it seems like everyone has an answer at the same time. There are those that see the state of the world and the condition that things are in and just simply say there is no God. I understand that impulse. I know where that comes from. It makes me sad, I don't agree, but I know where it comes from. Then there are those that say if there is a God, he is nothing but vengeful and vindictive. Or if there is a God, he exists but is absolutely uninvolved with human affairs. Just like there are a thousand reasons why we ask the question, there are a thousand answers. But the one that I hope that we hold on to is from John's Gospel, from our scripture this morning. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. The Word that John is talking about is not just some created entity. It is the very creative force of God. The Word that John is talking about is the life and light for all people, and it is a light that will never be darkened. And then John says, the word became flesh and dwelt with us, dwelt among us, made his home here. The word that John is talking about in this scripture, the word is Jesus himself. Jesus was with God from the very beginning of all creation. Through him, things came into being and the word was made flesh and the word was called Jesus. Jesus didn't just come out of nowhere. Jesus wasn't just some random person that started loving people at age 30. Jesus is the intentional action of God. Jesus is the one who is in flesh, the one who is present from the start of creation and very time itself. I appreciate what Norman Madsen has to say about who Jesus is in his commentary where he says that Jesus is the reason behind all that is. Jesus is the goal of all things. He is the center of the universe. Jesus is the key to what philosophy calls reality. The universe only makes sense through him. He is, as the word says, beginning and end, alpha and omega. Jesus was there at the beginning of time. Jesus came into our world and was God in flesh and throughout his ministry was the very presence of God to people. And at the end of his time with his disciples, he promised to be with us always. So where is God? With us always. By the power and promise of Jesus, God is with you right now in the midst of whatever you're facing as you came to worship this morning. God is with you in the midst of joy. God is with you in the midst of frustration. God is with you in the midst of hurt. God is with you in the midst of sickness. God is with you in the midst of celebration. God is with you. Whether you know it or not, whether you recognize it or not, God 
is with you. This is how much God loves you. This is how much God loves your neighbor. This is how much God loves people that you don't even know. Where is God? With us always. And when that seems unfathomable, the miracle and the grace of God is that sometimes God uses people like you and me to be the presence of God to others. In my second year of ministry, I went through a season of life where I didn't know what was going to happen next. I was committed to being a pastor, but the classified ads looked real good. I happened to be on a conference mission trip to Seattle, and I did not know what I was coming home to. I did not know if the senior pastor I was serving with was still going to be the senior pastor. I didn't know if we were picking up the boxes out of the basement. I did not know, and there I was 1,500 miles away from home. There was one day during that trip I got back-to-back phone calls. One call from my senior pastor, one call from my district superintendent. Hooray. And we didn't know what was going on after that. So during the course of the trip, we had a night of worship, we had the opportunity to have communion and an opportunity to kneel at a prayer rail. And there I was praying, and I just felt so alone, completely abandoned. I did not know what was going on. And in the midst of prayer, I just felt the weight of all of it. And it just broke The dam broke, and there came the tears, and they just kept coming. I felt so alone. But then all of a sudden, there came a hand on my shoulder. A pastor who knew most of the situation, but not everything, but enough to know that it was serious, came and laid his hand on my shoulder came and prayed over me, came and cried with me. And I want you to know, everything was not okay just because Dan came and prayed with me. But at least I knew I wasn't alone. Where is God? With us always. And when that seems like it can't possibly be true, we need only to look around. We will find God's presence. Even if God looks like our best friend coming to us with a cup of coffee. Even if God looks like a perfect stranger that just says the right thing at the right time. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Would you pray with me? Living and loving word of God, Jesus. Life is weird and life is hard. And sometimes we don't know what's going on. Maybe that's where we are today. 
through your word, you promise to be with us always. Help us to lean on the strength of that promise and use us, inspire us, open our hearts to be your presence for someone else. We just don't know the impact you have for us to make. We thank you for the truth of your word, the truth of your promise, and the fact that you are indeed with us always. The people of God said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.